Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 13th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. You can find me on Twitter at Casey Daniels 317. We're glad you're joining us this morning. So the Lieutenant Governor, Suzanne Crouch, has announced that she is running for governor. She's raised $190,000 in large contributions since the end of the legislative session. She's got about $3.2 million in cash on hand at the end of 22. Her largest contributors over the past couple months have come from the 8th District, including Congressman Larry Bouchon and also the mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen. They both donated $25,000 each uh, to her campaign. Well, we should have been nicer to Jensen when he was in here then. I didn't know he had this sort of money to throw around. He's got a big wallet. Well, absolutely. Uh, okay, so... Here in just a moment, we're going to play part of uh, an interview Suzanne did with Abdul over the weekend. And this woman is just so full of crap. And and we'll get to that. But people ought not sleep on Suzanne Crouch. I had the, uh, I'm certainly not going to use the word pleasure. I, I'm not even going to use ability. Uh, I worked for Suzanne Crouch for a very brief period of time. She was one of the three state auditors that I, I worked for in about six months. And, you know, as we do our little story hours about the Mike Pence and his time governing Indiana, we're, we're going to talk about the three auditors that I worked for in six months and why I worked for three auditors in six months. And, you know, little problems Mikey had with telling the truth to the state of Indiana about why there were three auditors in six months. And I'm not going to use the phrase looked the people of Indiana in the eye and lied to them. But uh, we'll get to all that as story hour rolls on as Mike Pence keeps, you know, his presidential campaign going. But here's the thing about Suzanne Crouch that I learned in the uh, time working for her and whether I loathe most of her politics or not, as as an honest broker of the truth, I will tell you, she is phenomenal at fundraising and she is a a winner in the sense of she knows how to get the desired result of the election she is a part of. And so people, it's easy for people in this audience to go, well, she's totally attached at the hip with Holcomb and she was a professional cheerleader for Holcomb. She's got no shot. Don't sleep on the amount of people that actually make up the establishment wing of the Republican Party in the state of Indiana. And if it's 40% of the people who will be casting votes in the primary, if Mike Braun doesn't get his act together, because the Doden guy has proven himself to be completely useless and totally worthless. I mean, just at this point, you've been at it for a year and nobody knows who you are and the only things you've come up with are Uh, Indiana should take over downtown Indianapolis and teachers should pay no taxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If that's the best you can do, you're out of the equation. So if Mike Braun doesn't get it together or if Curtis Hill gets into the equation (laughs) and starts taking votes away from Mike Braun and they split the vote, Mm -hmm. there's a very real world that exists where Silent Suzanne, Holcomb's personal toady and yes woman, could be governor of the state of Indiana. Do not dismiss this woman because she knows how to win and she knows how to raise gargantuan amounts of money. Well, she's got a nice amount in her coffers and Mike Braun's going to have to start spending some 
if he wants to catch up with her. And a little birdie, I have my oh, birdie. great. We I have birdies. my birdies yes. too. Rob mm-hmm. has told me that Curtis Hill has a campaign staff. Uh huh. So why would he have a staff sure. if he's not going to launch a campaign? Okay. So all of that said, Suzanne, I the, here is the thing I love about Suzanne Crouch. She is campaigning, and it really does again take you. And this is not just on Suzanne. It's it's true of most of these people who run for major public offices. The complete the ability to completely what is the old thing Costanza said it's not a lie if you believe it to be true, George mm-hmm. Costanza from mm-hmm. Seinfeld. As long as you believe it. It's basically this in the sense of her ability to campaign disconnecting herself from Holcomb. From Holcomb despite doing absolutely nothing and in many cases cheerleading Holcomb the past seven years. I believe he's still, he has not endorsed her. No. And And he said, she's got to be her own person. And it's very Jim Banks in the sense of, Jim Banks was treated like complete garbage by the establishment wing of the Republican Party when he tried to become whip. He was totally dismissed by Kevin McCarthy and his cronies. And instead of doing the right thing and standing and fighting and going, you know what, F me, F you, and becoming a great voice to ensure Kevin McCarthy was not Speaker of the House, which Jim Banks could have done, what did he do? He he needed to be in power so much, and he recognized the path to being a U.S. senator was not offending Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. And so he got on bended knee and kissed the ring finger, and he gave up what he had professed to be because he wanted to be in power more than what he had professed to be, which is a, was a fighter for conservatism. Well, he wanted that money. Exactly. You're, you're 100% right. He saw what happened to Marlon Stutzman when Mitch McConnell decided he was going to pick a favorite. And Todd Young got showered with a gajillion dollars of Mitch McConnell money. And Todd Young is now a U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Suzanne. She has been treated like complete garbage by Eric Holcomb. He took her off the signs in 2020, Casey. Holcomb is such an egomaniac narcissist. He can't share the space. She raised a bajillion dollars for him and is far more likable than Holcomb is. And he took her off the signs and she's still kissing his backside. Mm -hmm. She's still raising money for him because she needs to be in power. So I want to play you part of this interview she did with Abdul. And I, I, I want you to listen to this. So she admits Hoosiers are really concerned about paying their mortgage. Mm hmm. She admits that they're really concerned about affording gas to put in their car. And yet there's no connection with, lady, you and your boss set the agenda. Caused the rising property taxes. Yes, that is not helping people at all. You set the agenda, which enacted the largest tax increase in state history, which goes up every single year, which is the tax on gas, which is part of a big part of why gas is so unaffordable. And... She has the audacity to talk about eroding freedoms. Why silent Suzanne watched her boss lock down McGee, shut the state down, mm-hmm. and try to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. Yeah. And what are you what are you hearing when you tell, when you go to Lincoln Days and other uh, events, whether it's Rotary or you know uh, Kiwanis, you know Lincoln Days, you name it. What are Hoosiers? What are they? What are their concerns? They're worried about inflation. You know, they're worried about how much money they have. You know, people are concerned about, am I going to be able to pay my property taxes and pay for my prescriptions? You know, am I going to be able to fill up the gas tank? You know, am I also going to be able to make the mortgage payment? And so people are very concerned about that uncertainty that they feel is in our economy right now because of the uncertainty at the national level. But I 
think also Hoosiers are concerned about what they perceive as their loss of freedom and their ability to make decisions about themselves and about their lives and their families. And, you know, I want to be the the kind of governor that, you know, helps to protect our conservative principles that we hold here near and dear in Indiana. You know, we want to... You know, we want to have conservative principles that say parents should be able to control what's being taught in the schools. We want to have principles that say we'll stand shoulder to shoulder with law enforcement and enforce our crime laws to the fullest. Principles that say we're going to live within our means and we're not going to saddle our children and grandchildren with a mountain of death. As there's a giant surplus sitting there. <laughs> okay, it's almost like she did the Rob Kendall 101 door knocker when running for office. <laughs> what are your three things? Oh, let's see. Property taxes, gas tax, <laughs> eroding freedoms. Yeah, let's go with that. Check, check, check. Uh, it, it is, to be able to say that with a straight face, I mean, it really, these... It would be fascinating to institutionalize most of these politicians <laughs> and just study them. Because to say that with a straight face mm-hmm. and act as though you and your loser boss, who you have been just a cheerleader as you as you have crisscrossed the state, no matter how much like dirt he has treated you, mm-hmm. to act like you do not have not played a role in any of the and you're right. Record surplus, record government spending, record government under her and her boss, mm-hmm. and for her to go, we need less government. We need more power to the people. We need more freedoms. Oh, okay. Oh, but wait, there's more, Casey. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, over the past several years, and we have documented this, how the Indiana General Assembly has given her boss, Eric Holcomb, hundreds of millions of dollars to strong arm farmers into selling their land so that he can, he being Holcomb can facilitate sweetheart real estate deals for mega corporations like Eli Lilly, which is now the largest pharmaceutical company in the entire world. The legislature said, hold our beer. And the most recent budget gave him $500 million more to do this. Gee, Casey, wonder why all the farmland's getting gobbled up. (laughs) I don't know. Suzanne, however, no mention of any of that, says there's a taxpayer study going on right now. Taxpayer-funded study to find out where, where all the farmland is going. One of the things that the General Assembly did this year this year was they passed a bill charging the Indiana State Department of Agriculture with assessing lost farmland since 2010 so that we can know really, has our farmland been lost because of solar farms, windmills, development? Uh, and if it has, you know, I'm curious as to who is purchasing that land. And so we will be looking at that uh, as a real you have been purchasing that land, lady! You and your loser boss! Hey, don't get out of control. They're going to do a study. <laughs> We're going to pay for it. They'll figure it out. So the question is, Casey, with that statement right there, since she's, she is one of the major players in agriculture as lieutenant governor. She's the secretary yes. of agriculture. So we are Winners left- drink milk. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, so there are only two possibilities here. With that statement, 
for her to claim she she doesn't know, right? We heard there she is very curious where it went. Which is scary to think that she doesn't know. Right, so either point one, she's in charge of agriculture mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what her own boss is doing mm-hmm. or she's willfully lying <laughs> to 7 million people in this state <laughs> about where it's going. Look. Both are not a good luck. It has to be one of the other. Either you don't know the thing you're in charge of mm-hmm. or you're willfully lying to 7 million people. All right, one more clip we got to play and then I know we got to get to a break. So from now on, <laughs> she has made it very clear mm-hmm. with this statement to Abdul mm-hmm. that her experience yes. is what separates her from everyone else. So her air quote experience for the next year is fair game. So if you want, what she is telling you with her experience, because her experience is what? It is the Holcomb administration, right? Mm -hmm. She's proud of it. So if you want more tax increases, growth of government, Mm -hmm. lockdowns, mask mandates, Malik Muhammad meet and greets, Suzanne Crouch is your gal. She should totally just put it on a sign. There is no other candidate that has the experience at the local and state level as a county auditor, a county commissioner, a state representative, as auditor of state and now lieutenant governor, who has that experience at the local and state level in the executive and and, and in legislative branches, who knows how government works and how it can work better for Hoosiers. You know, people today feel like they're working for their government. They need to feel like their government is working for them. And I had, as I said, the passion and the commitment, the courage and the leadership to be able to move Indiana boldly into the future. And it is that (laughs) resume and it's that wealth of experience and the relationships that come with having served at those levels in government and the relationships that come in the General Assembly from being a state rep for eight years and now seven years as president of the Senate. I have, will have the vision for Indiana that will benefit Hoosiers. So if you want, I mean, she said her words, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interpret her words here a little bit. Political peacocking is what you have going on here. Yeah, if you want a total insider toady who will keep the status quo who will give you eight more years of Eric Holcomb. So if you like tax increases, growth of government, growth of government spending, mask mandates, not afraid to shut the state down again, having meet and greets with domestic terrorists, if you like all of that stuff, you vote for Suzanne Crouch. She said it right there. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to get. She's got passion and commitment and something else she said. I think it might have been relationships. <laughs> they were just all words on a note card to uh, me. Just these people are, they just all make me want to puke. 19 after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more. 22 minutes after 10, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
So the other night they had the Tony Awards. I'm sure you spent every single second watching that. Can I, can I ask a question? What are the Tony Awards? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, a presenter at the award show called Ron DeSantis a grand wizard of the KKK. I feel like this is just in case Yikes. Trump doesn't get the nomination. The Holly Weird Libs are covering their butts against DeSantis, too. Let's take a listen. Earlier tonight... CMU and the Tony Awards presented the 2023 Excellence in Theater Education Award. And while I am certain that the current Grand Wizard, I'm sorry, excuse me, Governor of my home state of Florida, will be changing. Here we go. So this is more dumbing down of America. She says that she's calling Ron DeSantis a Grand Wizard of the KKK. Sure, right. Uh, okay, so Democrat Party established in 1829. Yes, mm-hmm. And they defended slavery, mm-hmm. started the Civil War, mm-hmm. opposed Reconstruction, yes. founded the KKK, yes. imposed segregation, yes. fought against civil rights in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. And that just shows you the dumbing down of America, that she is calling Ron DeSantis, part of the Republican Party, a grand wizard. And uh, Robert Byrd, uh, do we remember Robert Byrd? Wasn't he like legitimately the one of the main people in the KKK? Very famous. If you go through West Virginia, all sorts of things are still named after him. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, he was indeed. It's uh, looking right here. Um, I think he was the, was he the Grand Wizard? I don't know if he rose to the level of Grand Wizard, but Robert Byrd, who filibustered the Civil Rights Voting Act, very, very, in, in, you know, still revered by mm-hmm. Joe Biden, still huge fan of uh, of Robert Byrd. Um, so, yeah, Casey, it's almost like these people have no idea what they're talking about. It's almost like history lessons in school have been changed. Okay, also trending this morning, uh, you know, Joe Biden, he had a root canal on Sunday. And Karine Jean-Pierre was having a press conference. She was asked if Biden has poor dental hygiene. Can you just, is there any more information you can give on why he needed the root canal? Like, is he not good at brushing his teeth or does he need to floss better or anything else? Wow, are you talking to the millions of Americans across the country? You're going to ask them that question too? I did a little research this morning. I mean, look, I am certainly uh, not uh, a dentist by any means. Uh, Okay, well, uh, if you've ever had a root canal, you know it's not typically a dentist that does that. It's an oral surgeon Uh and maybe it's all of the ice cream cones. Yes. And finally, Joe Rogan, uh, he has turned on the Biden administration. And we're going to talk more about what Chuck Grassley exposed coming up later this morning, the whole two-tier justice system. And Joe Rogan was going off about all of that. But uh, and and you might have heard this, uh, the clip of Joe Rogan talking about it. But what I wanted to highlight was something. And what's his name? Theo, his sidekick? Theo Vaughn. Yeah, Theo. I knew you would know that. He's a a stand-up comedian. You probably sit and listen to Rogan on a loop all day. Well, I I like Theo Vaughn a lot. I thought it was Theo that actually had the hot take in this oh. entire rant. Okay. Let's uh, let's check it out. But how do we get out of that space? How do we, because we're starting to turn into one of those kind of like uh, Central American countries where the government is so compromised. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It used to be a long time ago, like, if the secrets of our country got out, like during Watergate or whatever, right? Yeah. People were like, F- no. But now, if the secrets get out, people are like, F- Yes, tell us what's going. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting mm-hmm. how that's kind of changed. Like yeah. before, it would be like if any like top secret documents, or whatever, were released, it would seem like um, uh, wrong. So yeah, we used to not want information getting out, right? But since, especially since COVID has happened, 
and we've blown the lid off of so many different things, especially with Donald Trump exposing the deep state and everything. We want to know everything now. Be transparent with us. And that's a change. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Hammer's going to join us early today because Mm -hmm. I wanted to have time to get into, you know, he did the interview along with Nigel yesterday with Lucas, and I'm just so curious to get his take. We obviously gave ours in hour one. I am so curious to get his take on, uh, look, that interview that took place yesterday, I'm trying to be a better person, so that's what we're going to say, uh, because that was fascinating. Well, we're going to hear from his angle coming up from 93 WIBC. It is 1031. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've got your voicemails coming up at 1130 this morning because we wanted to talk with Hammer from Hammer and Nigel, who did that uh, fantastic interview on your part with Jim Lucas, who uh, avoided jail time after pleading guilty to misdemeanor charges of operating while intoxicated. So uh, good job. And shout out to Nige. He couldn't be mm-hmm. here today, too. But uh, yeah, that thing was crazy yesterday because the whole process happened in about 10 minutes. We had a completely different five o'clock break ready to go yesterday. But I remember back when the situation happened with Lucas, and this was late May. I think it was May 30th. And, you know, I threw the Hail Mary out there, sent a message like, hey, if you want to tell your side of the story, mm-hmm. you know, we're here. And that's not uncommon. I would do the, I'd do the same thing to hog set to mirrors if you guys want to tell your story we're here come on now i know those guys are never going to come on never heard back from lucas so i thought all right fine about 4 50 yesterday after the news broke of the plea deal i got a text and we're at commercial break during the show and he's like i can come on now hmm. and we said okay well how about 506 you know right after the news at the top of the hour he said golden, and that's how it happened. Uh, look, uh, we talked about this to start, to start the show. You guys are obviously number one. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, well, so are you guys. Well, time well I know, I know. But I mean, you know. This I, is what I, real quick, before we get on a tangent here, this is what I love about WIBC. We can do national stories, and we also can do local stuff better than anybody. I know people will say, well, you guys are the only game in town. But there's a lot of competition, right, between podcasts mm-hmm. and watching cable news and listening listening to music and all that other stuff. The fact people come to this radio station every day, and I hope they know now, if they didn't know before, we're going to be completely honest. Sometimes you're going to agree. Sometimes you're not going to agree. But we're going to do our homework, and we're going to come with it. The the number one thing for me was the the body cam footage, the first 40 seconds, where he clearly knows what what he's done. He clearly knows what this officer is asking. It was described as a van because he had a cab on the back of the truck. So it's very easy in the middle of the night while some person is watching you jump a barricade to get that confused. He knows where he's gone and he's getting super cute with the officer because he's referring to it as a van. And then in your interview with him, just complete denial about what he was doing and why he was hiding that van. I mean, that was what stood out to me. Yeah, and I think there was a little moment of confusion between Representative Lucas and Nigel, because mm-hmm. Nigel was the one that asked him, hey... Were you or, trying to hide it? Or were you it seemed like you were trying it? to hide it. Right. I got the impression. And it sounded like he thought Nigel was calling him dishonest, and they kind of went back and forth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean... Our goal yesterday was to ask all of the things that people have been talking about. And hopefully, I think people think that we did a good job. And I will say this, whether you like the dude or you can't stand the dude, 
Lucas came on. That's more than Hogsett would do. That's more than Mears would do. Now, you may have a problem with it, Rob. I heard your show earlier, but I will say, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to jump on. And if it but, were, we'd, we'd have more of our leaders on. But, but I think, and I think the social media stuff has proven this over the years. And again, you guys did phenomenal and you totally should have taken it and you guys hit it out of the park and it was great. You got a lot out of him that you wouldn't have gotten in a statement. I'm just saying as a former elected official, mm-hmm. you are given a trust by your constituency, right? Above, that is who you serve before anyone else. And the fact that a guy who clearly has just a need for attention based on the previous social media behaviors to not at first address your constituency and go to what is, well, the most amount of people will hear me here. It's a guy that is, it just comes off as a guy who's been just craving attention for the past two weeks. And now, oh good, now I can get it again. Well, maybe maybe we asked first. Maybe that was the case. Well, but, maybe he, but, he, we did. but he could have issued. There, no, I'm not saying that he should have gone somewhere else. I'm saying a statement, an apology, a town hall, something to the people whose trust you have violated before. Well, I know I'll get the most amount of attention here, and I just crave it, uh, crave attention. And I realize other people could interpret it differently. That just as a former elected official, that is. Absolutely the the polar opposite of how I would have handled it. So not saying this has ever been you. I'm not saying that at all. But if you were in this situation, Rob, as an elected official, would you have had a town hall in Brownsburg before jumping on WIBC? Because, again, WIBC is a pretty strong vehicle here, right? We go far up north. We go down to almost the Ohio River area, east and west. It's the most powerful radio station and signal in the state of Indiana. Well, and maybe this is part of an overall thing, which is a lack of ownership, where he clearly tells you and I, and you guys again did a great job pushing back on him, that he doesn't have a drinking problem. And to me, it's just a collective lack of ownership, I think, that bothers me, where there is, and Casey said this, I don't think I heard the words, I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Well, that's what I wanted to ask Hammer about, because he did say, I own this, I made a mistake, it was a hiccup. But he never said, at least as far as I know, I'm sorry. I apologize. And to describe it as a hiccup, no, dude, you blew through a barricade on 65. That's not a So am I missing it? I mean, I know he admitted the mistake. You know, we've got our three-step process here on the Kendall right. and Casey show. If you admit but he the didn't mistake, apologize. is that an apology, though? Well, no, it's, I, I, I think they're different. You know, I mean, saying I did something wrong and then offering remorse for it, I, I didn't feel like, he, I mean, at one point he says, I need to get help. And then at another point in your interview later on, he says, yeah, I'm going to continue to drink. So which one is it? Yeah. If I'm running a PR company, right? <laughs> there's a great line in the movie Armageddon where Ben Affleck's character is asking somebody, is this going to work? I don't know. Just just lie to me. Just tell me what I want to hear. Is right. this going to work? Like, just lie to me. Tell me you're not going to drink again. Say the right things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's a fine line between being, I'm being honest with you. I'm going to continue drinking. Okay, I appreciate the honesty. I guess that's you know what anybody can hope for. Mm-hmm. But is that the right approach? Just lie to me. Tell me you're not going to Well, how is he again. saying at one side he's going to get help? What's he getting help with? Yeah. That's and a, then the other side, he's saying, point. I'm not going to drink. Uh, what, for this? He's going to get help over the next year because he needs to get this out of his system? And, 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 and he's, he, he's going to 
One of the other things. Go through stages? Is he says in the, or very early on, and I forget exactly how it was, but essentially he had been dealing with other things. And he basically admits, I'm using, was using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Well, that's not, uh, man, I just had two Bud Lights and I thought I was under the limit and I went out. I mean, that's, there's other things at play here. So phenomenal point by Casey. What are you getting help for if you say, well, I just misread my blood And the thing is, like, everybody's going through something. Right. Like, every single person's got bills to pay, problems with their marriage, their kids, problem with work, you know, whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. Everybody's dealing with something doesn't give you the green light to go out and do that, especially now. And listen, nobody drinks at their job probably more (laughs) than the Hammer and Nigel show does, but we do it in a responsible way. And if there's ever a time where it's not in a responsible way, there are ways around it. Ubers and lifts and drivers and people to pick you up. You made a great point when you said, especially today with Uber, I mean, apps on your phone, you're two clicks away from a designated driver. And when you're or, in that position of power, somebody can come get you. Yeah. Right. You even mentioned intern. Or here's an idea. If you got to sleep enough in your car, don't put the thing in I was in a pro drive. of that broad ripple 10 years ago. I mean, right. I mean, you would, you would, we all joke about how, and I literally used to do that. I had a buddy who lived in broad ripple. Sometimes he, you know, might come out with us or he'd leave early or whatever. So we didn't have a place to just sleep in the back of your car. Is it the classiest of moves? No, but he was taking home that chick from Southport. We did that. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like you sleep in your, in the garage for six hours, wake up. Hey, hot dang. Good to go. Let's go but again. But it was nighttime. Where was he going anyway? He was going to go home and go to bed. Right. Most likely. So, uh, I, look, and here's the thing I thought it hammers with us a segment early, and he's going to stay with us for the, the next segment, too. I, I love this because you and Nige do a great job every day, and you're great broadcasters. My favorite part of all this was the other people in Indianapolis media who seemed so surprised that you guys could conduct an interview. What great questions by Hammer and Nigel. There wasn't a single poop joke in there. Like they were surprised. They, they, they've really been pushing back. They're really doing a nice job. It's like a compliment my mom gives me, right? Like, I'll go to I'll go to see my parents this Sunday for like you know Father's Day stuff, and I'll ask my mom, "Hey, catch any of the shows? I heard one. It sounded real. It's like you've got a real show. You've interviewed a lot of people over the years. What was your impression? How how did you feel after it was over? Did you feel like there was conviction behind what he was saying, or did you feel like he was just saying what he's supposed to say? Uh, were you? Did you feel like he was just trying to keep his job? Like what what impression were you left with at the end? Other than the leaky oil part, which I I think is total BS. I think he was trying to hide from the cops. I agree with Nigel on that. Aside from that part, I think he believes every word that he said. He believes it. Well, uh, OJ also believes he didn't do it, right? You know, his angle is, I made a mistake. I'm going to own up to it. It's the whole everybody deserves a second chance thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard a lot of discussions, and I think you guys had one earlier today. Is there two systems of justice when it comes to this type of thing? And yes, there are two different justice systems. We see this right now with Donald Trump. But I asked a lot of police buddies of mine yesterday, is this normal? What Jim Lucas plead to, is this normal for somebody's first offense? And most of them said yes. It's not the sentencing, and I think we acknowledge that in the opening segment. It's not the it's not the sentencing that I have an issue with. It is that magically, and I heard, you know had a, we read the email from the attorney friend that I really trust told me this that 
there's no way the average person with the preponderance of evidence against him isn't charged and then magically he goes uncharged the blood draw there's no way that should take two weeks that's never been revealed and then magically within one hour of him having charges filed against him hey we've pled it and it's over and there's no media coverage of it there's no one at the courthouse there's no you know him in front of a photos of him in front of a judge it seems like the prosecutor went out of his way to give him treatment in that perspective that the average person would not have or you know, we live in this political bubble. Mm-hmm. Was the story not that big to where it warrants a press bubble outside the prosecutor's well, office? Well, I'm just saying every news media outlet in the state was was covered. I mean, look, right? The the cover up to me, everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Whatever the cover up to me, and the fact that he continues to spin that lie to you guys about I wasn't trying to hide from anyone. That to me is because because we trust him or right. supposed to trust him to make decisions for us and be transparent about them. And and again, I, I, I'm not going to turn into it. And I know you want to get to this, but I'm not going to turn on a jump on dump on Jim and how he treated Rob thing. But it comes back to the same thing I dealt with him just a few months ago. How do you know there's no plan on property taxes and the repeated bad mouthing and complete lack of transparency on that? It just seems like this sort of stuff just keeps playing out. A line in the conversation yesterday that I also had a problem with, and I think Ethan Hatcher may have brought this up on Twitter, maybe Tony Kennett, one of those two, uh, is when Jim Lucas says, well, nobody got killed. Yeah. Like, that's the bar. It sounds very dismissive of his behavior. I agree. I mean, nobody got killed, nobody got hurt, but somebody could have. Could have. have. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He's like, I'm good because I didn't kill anybody. But let this be a lesson that, you know... If you come on our program, we're going to be fair. Yeah. We're going to be tough with you. And I would love to have Boss Hawk set. I would love to have Ryan Mears do the exact same thing that Jim Lucas did. Yeah, I, I, it was phenomenal radio. You and Nigel have said this for years, and you know how I loathe you, so I just hate <laughs> to say this out loud. Are just phenomenal broadcasters. and They it, did a great they job. They did a great job. Well, yeah. thank you both. All right, let's take a break. Hammer's going to stay with us, because when we come back, Hammer's going to try to win me some money and we'll find out if I actually know anything about the game I profess to know so much about. It's Kendall Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer's still in the studio with us. Thank you for joining us for a d- double shot. You're oh, going my to. Pleasure. Uh, I heard a little FM DJ out of you yeah, right there. A little twin spin. Two for Tuesday. Here's yeah. any money. <laughs> All right. So we got. Uh, exactly. You know, we've been very clear, Casey. The uh, You've got uh, one more day after today with me giving any effort whatsoever. Uh-huh. And then Thursday and Friday, I'm. There was effort before? Well, what a little there was. It's out the window because the U.S. <laughs> Open, which is, uh, you know, my favorite. Uh, 
tournament of the year. It's our nation's championship. It is at the Los Angeles Country Club, which has never had a U.S. Open. It's one of the great hidden golf courses. Uh, and it is, man, it looks awesome. I've been so excited about this. That starts Thursday. So do whatever you want. I don't care. Whatever your <laughs> friends, family, whoever you want to have on, it, I just, I'll just be going, uh-huh. You're just going to be not here? Not really paying attention. Okay. And so with that in mind, Hammer has offered to make me a bunch of money if indeed I can back up. You know, I, I'm pretty good. I've been pretty good over the a years. A bunch of money. Let's be clear here. You actually have to bet money well, actually to has make mo- money. Well, a Hammer actually has money <laughs> for which to bet, and he's okay. agreed to do it on my a behalf. A bunch of money to Rob Kendall is not a bunch of money to most anybody else in terms of betting. You'd be, you'd be shocked how far I could get on $2.50, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Rob makes a quarter bet on That's people. what I'm saying. He's like, I'm going to make a bunch of money, not on a 25-cent bet you're not. <laughs> well, if the guy's 350 to 1, Casey. Ooh. Do you know how many subways you could buy, especially if you got the coupons? Right. So here's what I have offered to do. You have child on the way here. We're kind of in the red zone. We're getting close here. 37 weeks today. So you claim to be the smartest man alive when it comes to betting on golf. You've actually won before. You've came on my betting show, gave a pick, and it won before. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take $20 of my money, yes. and I'm going to put it on whoever you tell me to put it on. Okay. And if that person wins, all I want is my money back, yep. and all of the profits go to your baby. Hot dang. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And now we can be golf buddies this week. I love that. Yes. Uh, usually when when I send Hammer Golf stuff, he sends me that gif of the face of that guy. Michael and- Bolton <laughs> in office space. <laughs> Just crinkling his nose up. Yeah, so these are real. This is real money here, especially that might as well be $10,000 by my standards. So I've got to try on this. So I've got two guys that I think are going to do well this coming week. So are, am I putting 20 on one of these two, or am I splitting it up 10 and 10? 10 apiece. 10 and 10. I give this two guys, and then also this means since Hammer's going to take my guys I would have bet on, now I can do a bunch of fun goober bets with people Your 25 have no chance, <laughs> no chance to okay. win. Alright, so two guys. Number one, Max Homa. Max Homa. And people might be going, who and the, you know what is Max Homa? Who the hell is Happy Gilmore? <laughs> <laughs> Max Homa is a pretty good golfer. He is on the, he's a great golfer, but he's on the rise. He's kind of one of the new up-and-comers, and he actually owns the course record at the Los Angeles Country Club shot years ago. I think it was 61, not nearly in the condition that it is for the U.S. Open, but he actually owns the course record at the Los Angeles Country Club. He's 25 to 1 this week, so that would pay out, what, $250, right? Right. All right. right. So, number one, Max so Homa. that guy wins. I just get my money back, yep. and the rest go to you. So, $230. All right. Number two, Colin Marikawa. So, Colin Marikawa, he has won the PGA when it was out in San Francisco a couple of years ago. He has won the British Open a couple of years ago. He's one of the great young players in the game. And he is from Los Angeles. So, he knows this turf. He knows how the course is going to operate. He comes in at 34 to 1. So, if we won that one, that would be $340. Right. So, you would take home 320 Baby Kendall would take home 320 Yeah. So, you know, Hammer, too. Now, you sure? Because think about this. 20 bucks on one of these guys, if you like one better than the other, would be an even bigger payout. No, yeah. one of these guys is going to crap the bed. Probably both of them since I bet on them. But uh, I think that gives us the... I just want to have a bonding experience with you, Hammer. We can be golf buddies. Okay. And the longer we're in it... Because I've given you a lottery ticket, I right? Know. Scratching a lottery ticket. Yep. And you want to split that up into two? Or do you want to go for it and double down one golfer, 20 bucks? I'm not that confident in myself uh, <laughs> being right or being good or... Uh, I'm more concerned about what he's going to do with the winnings if 
if he wins. Like, are you going to open a Roth IRA or buy a treasury bond or start that 529 college account? Gonna He'll be visiting for, Cheryl for baby and Going to do the, what I do with the rest of my money. I'm going to put it under my mattress. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's how you make your money. Uh, make Extra money. riblets at Applebee's. So right. I'm going to have a bunch of it's goober. blue hurricane drink. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So since Hammer's taking care of the, uh, the legit bets, I'm going to have uh, several goober bets for our audience tomorrow with huge, huge pants. Now, I would like to point out, yeah. y'all laughed at me during the PGA. DeShamwow was 150 to 1, and he started Sunday in the next to last group, so wish me the best. Let's go! What's what coming up? coming up? Yeah, what's coming up? Uh, when we go on the air, the arraignment for Trump will be happening, so we'll have some coverage of that and the biggest stories of the day. Thank you for joining us for the d- d- double shot. Two for Tuesday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.